As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast is presented in part by Bayer Jewelers. Owned and operated by longtime racer Stephanie Bayer, Bayer Jewelers is your source for quality jewelry at a fair price. In addition, today's podcast is presented by Bill Taylor Enterprises. That's BTE. I depend on BTE for all of my transmission and converter needs. Jed does the same, and you can too. Learn more at bteracing.com. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your hosts, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. And the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's cool hand Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all of the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. And Luke, how are you, sir? Jed, I'm good. I'm good. We're actually recording a little early this week. We're recording Sunday evening. I'm about two hours removed from just getting wore out in the final round of uh, Super Comp at the NHRA <laughs> Denzos Park Plugs Nationals here in Las Vegas. Ryan Harum, my buddy Ryan, uh, strapped it on me in the final. We actually... I made my best run of the weekend by far. I probably had no business being in the final round. He made his best run of the weekend in the final round, and he got the better of me, so... Yeah, you guys did have a classic final round, and uh, this is a little odd. You know, I don't think uh, any time during the development of the show that we envisioned, you know, you or, or I either one talking on the, the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast this fresh off of a, 
off of around so that's pretty cool that you made the final i was keeping up with you and you drove well ryan got in on you were uh, uh 10 take nine i guess and Correct. needed to take eight or less so yeah and on a 12 mile an hour drop in the other lane i was really happy when i hit the finish line and when my wind light didn't come on i said what the it- <laughs> 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 so but now a good uh, good start to the year and and like i say i i was mediocre at best for the first six rounds so probably just fortunate to get that far so my uh, my car made me look a whole lot better than than uh than the driver did but uh, we'll take it congrats to high gear as well good uh, good outing for him yeah i don't know that i mean granted i don't know a whole lot of people here but i don't think there's anybody i'd rather lose to we were parked together all weekend had a good time he's a he's a good buddy of mine and a good guy so congrats to him for sure yeah, no doubt. Quick, uh, before we talk about too much, Luke, I wanted to uh, give a shout out. I, I put out a, a Facebook post and I posted on Drag Race Results. I'm sure you saw it in your quiet time this week. But I want some racetracks to start using the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast to fill some downtime. Uh, we all know that it can get quiet at the racetrack. The announcer, you know, can just flat run out of things to say to the crowd while the oil's being cleaned up or some downtime's happening. So we're asking tracks to to try to get the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast out to their spectators and their racers while they have some downtime. And my good buddy CJ Tap, y'all know him as Red. He uh, sent me a video this weekend uh, from Greer Dragway uh, over in Greer, South Carolina. Those guys using Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast to keep folks entertained a little bit. So really Very cool nice. there. And uh, thanks to Greer Dragway and, uh, and CJ Tapp for sending that information in. We'd love to have some more doing it. For sure. Very cool. Glad to hear that. I think what will be a, a fairly condensed show today, but we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. We're going to go over a little bit more. Uh, the last big thing, the vote is on. The vote is really close, too. We'll get into that later. Uh, awesome. We're going to preview the upcoming Powerball event. That's next weekend's big event, highlighted by a $250,000 to win main event on Saturday night. Saturday is the big race in Darlington? Yes. Yes, it is. And, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, Allstate event. I got a couple of, uh, of happenings from this side of the world on the Allstate. But uh, first, I guess we'll start off with uh, some weekend results. And like I say, as we record this, these are fresh. I'm out here in, uh, in Vegas. We just talked about my uh, Super Comp final round with uh, with Ryan Harum getting the win. A top sportsman out here, we saw Dean Hall, who made some nasty runs throughout the weekend. He was double and dead on a bunch. Knocked off defending world champion Mike Williams with like a 16 package. And I think the round before that, he was perfect, dead six or something like that. In the final, he was six and three above, had some room. Knocked off Ed Open, Team Luke. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, Big Ed, man, he's he's making you look real good. My top sportsman picks are looking strong. Yeah. But, Jed, don't give up hope, because J.R. Loebner, Loebner I, we went over this. Did I say it right? No, it's J.R. Loebner. Dang it. Right. J.R. Loebner <laughs> was not here. He was in Memphis. So I'd still, I'm 99% sure J.R. has not staged for a round of top sportsmen. So don't give up yet. Well, I'm not, but I would like you know him to at least attend an event. That, uh, <laughs> that would help a lot. So, Jr., if you're listening, get somewhere and race. I need you. Top dragster here saw friend of the podcast, Big Nasty, Kyle Seipel. Take runner-up honors to Chuck Phelps. Good race in the final. Phelps was 001. Kyle was 006. Uh, Kyle told me when we were down filling up contingency that they dialed what they thought was honest. He held it on the floor, was four above. So, that didn't work out. Chuck Phelps rolled him through and... Um, 
like I said, double yeah. one and three above. So, uh, congrats to Big Nasty. Also, shout out to Big Nasty. The podcast bump obviously got him four rounds. Um, <laughs> and, and thank you for taking me to get a rental car today, Kyle. So, if you're listening. Um, Super Gas was uh, Ricky Cates defeated Tim Parker. Nice, neat side note there, Mr. Parker. Show, rolled in with a beautiful like early model, I assume it's like a 68 model Camaro Roadster, just got done, it's a Yancer car had never been down the racetrack with it, we got one time trial here and he run oh, it up man. the event. so pretty cool, wow. had, had some type of mechanical function uh, me- mechanical malfunction in the final, which was kind of a theme for the guys beside Ricky Cates, Ricky laid down an a awesome run to beat Jaggy second round laid down 16 total to beat Harem third round and then the last three guys broke against him so it was uh oh man he he earned his earned his way to the quarterfinals without question and then uh it was obviously his day from there on not too bad at all super stock was uh mike logie division seven hitter knocked out tim hall in the final round hall was red and logie just from one round i happened to be super comp ran behind super stock i will say mike logie has a cheering section on the starting line in las vegas he beat uh, <laughs> he beat brad burton in the semifinals and the crowd went wild so congrats to mike and stock eliminator which i believe was the last sportsman event can or sportsman class contested here saw chris hall another uh, division seven runner knock off phil mandela jr in the final hall was perfect on the tree leaving second behind mandela's fourteen thousands red light so congrats also to uh, to chris hall yeah no doubt and um some more nhra racing uh, down here in division two at south georgia motorsports park and before we get into the results uh you and i were talking uh, off air but uh, i don't still don't know the details but a freaking airplane landed on the racetrack at south georgia during the event it was unscheduled and i'm not sure if they just got lucky and cars weren't going down or if they were able to catch up with them ahead of time and let them know but there were cars in the water box and a, an airplane on the very far end of the racetrack so jed are you sure that we're not being had here that did happen on april 1st well <laughs> we could be being had but i think i mean i saw the picture the the <laughs> video there wasn't i mean if it was photoshopped it was impressive it looked like there was an airplane in the shutdown area at south georgia motorsports park I don't. I, I, we probably should call somebody to confirm that. But if <laughs> if they got us, kudos to whoever got us. Like that's really yeah. good. And if an airplane landed on the racetrack at South Georgia, we really need to find out more details. We, we, yeah, we, we might yeah, get into we that next week. I'm sure we'll hear more about it soon. But <laughs> as far as the actual vehicles that were supposed to be on the track, good showing for Alabama boys. So David Rampy. Stop me if you've heard it. One comp eliminator um, with the win over Randy Daniels. Yeah, Rambo uh, good, doubled up down there, didn't he? Yeah, real good start for Rambo as he also won super stock, beating Bobby Dennis, uh, another Alabama man. So all Alabama final there. Um, back up to top sportsman. Again, Alabama winner uh, over Team Luke. Scott Underwood gets by Sandy Wilkins. Team Luke top sportsman is strong. Sandy Wilkins. Team Luke's nasty. Jeffrey Barker, head open. I, I like my chances in top sportsman. Dude, I'm telling you, you, you are way back. I need help. <laughs> and uh, top dragster, Casey Spradlin, Alabama boy, gets by defending world champion Jeff Strickland. That's Team Jed, Alabama. isn't it? That is Team Jed. How about that. All right. 
So, over in Super Gas, Little Caboose, John Laboose Jr. gets the win over John Taylor. Those two uh, two guys that are no stranger to the winner's circle there. No, no, guys definitely perform well all the time. And uh, Super Comp, it was hashtag Team Luke, Kevin Brannon, KB. Damn, KB had right, I like it. KB is a bad by you and I didn't think he was running it and you had inside information I still think that's something not right about that but I'm just doing my nothing I can do about it he got by Owen Bellamy in the final round and a guy that uh, as you've said is going to be a hot commodity come um, the redraft Kevin Helms in stock gets by a uh, talented, talented young man. The guy's going to make a lot of noise in any class he races. Daniel Young out of Florida. Yeah, they had Daniel with another solid outing. Yeah, they the did. numbers here. Uh, Young was 18 to uh, Helms is 36. Helms on a pretty hard drop. I'd say that's down 10 mile an hour to dead on two. Gets, let's see, that's 38 total against 15 total. Gets 23 <laughs> behind, and Daniel is uh, 3,000 under. So, heck of a final in stock down there. Kevin Helms, a really good start to his year. Yeah, I believe that's uh, all on the divisional side, if I'm not mistaken. Two wins and a runner-up. I think it is all divisional, yep. And then uh, in Super Street, (laughs) a guy you've mentioned again a few times here that kind of couldn't believe he only semied the last time out. Well, he made up for it with another win, Jonathan Anderson killing them in the super street getting by the always tough chip rollins from the rollins automotive gang down in uh, the gainesville area yeah i I said that in jest a few weeks ago when uh jonathan was what a semi-finalist at gainesville i just looked at the final and thought wow jonathan anderson not go oh oh he he was in the semis (laughs) because he had won the previous uh divisional event was at orlando and he'd won just about everyone they had last year and he is back at it that's really impressive and the Freaking final. He's 390 with a 7. 10th out total. Get in there. And yeah. Rollins was 002, but uh, a little yeah. What a race. And Rollins was 2, got a little too much at the stripe, and Jonathan Anderson's 10 pack gets him another big win. So, congratulations, Jonathan, and of course, all the Team Luke members. Uh, you guys, man, y'all are killing me right now. Go team. Go team. I love it. The big dollar bracket scene came to Memphis. That's not Memphis Motorsports Park anymore. That's Memphis International Raceway these days for the 25K showdowns. Friday saw Oklahoma runner Nick Smith take uh, the 25 grand victory over Stephen Adams, a, uh, a buddy of mine that I grew up with, a Texas boy. And Stephen's been hot. Uh, was yes. up at, uh, at Noble at the spring breakout, was that two, three weeks ago? Yep, good outing there again for Stephen and Nick Smith. Jed, while we're talking, while, while we brought up the, the Noble spring breakout, that made me realize I, I made a promise to a buddy of mine, and I forgot all about it last week. When we were talking about that race, a, a friend of mine named Dan Wheeler won uh, from Wichita, Kansas, won one of the 10 Granders. Mm-hmm. And I, I sent him a congratulatory text, and I think I might have needed to know who he beat in the final or something. It was right before our podcast that week. And he texted me back while we were recording, and my phone was on silent, so I, I missed it. I said, you know, was there anything else worth talking about beyond the results or something like that? Dan and his son raced together. His boy Colton is maybe 17, 18 years old. One of Colton's buddies or their neighbor or something decided to come with them. And you just have to know Dan Wheeler to appreciate this story and where it would go. But somehow or another, a deal was made 
that if Dan or Colton made the final, that this buddy of theirs would back them up from the burnout wearing nothing but a thong. <laughs> he sent me oh, a wow. picture of this kid uh, <laughs> who, you know, looked about like I did when he was 18. Not like fat, but, you know, not slender, in a thong, jumping up and down behind the car as it leaves the starting line. And the story goes that <laughs> Dan defeated Will Carroll, Will Billy, in that final round. And the young man in question didn't want to distract Will, so he didn't actually back him up from the burnout. He stood behind the cars in the thong and just jumped up and down, screamed and hollered for dear life. So congrats to Dan and kudos to that kid. Yeah, absolutely. And the only advice I would give is uh, men should be careful jumping up and down while wearing thongs. It uh, could get you in trouble in a hurry. That's a good point. Sound like job well done by all. And uh, so back to the 25K showdown, uh, showdowns in uh, Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Saturday's Friday, winner. Uh, yeah, Nick Smith over Stephen Adams. Saturday, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Saturday was uh, our buddy Dan Northrup getting it done over Champ. Uh, Champ uh, willing the Optimus Dime, my S10 that I used to own, sold it to a BC Cantor, and Champ doing the driving for him got to a final round, but... Danny Northrup, too much for him, got the win there in Memphis. Good for Danny. And, Champ is uh, uh, yeah. Champ's making that truck look good, isn't he, Jen? He is. Uh, I drove it I drove it one time and made it look bad, but he's making up for it. <laughs> doing really well. So it's a pretty good little hot rod. It had some trouble right after they got it, which I felt terrible about. But it sounded like it's all straightened out, and Champ's willing it to final round, so good for him. Yeah, he was down to six the one day they got in at Huntsville, I believe, too. Yeah, I think so. And, um, and Northrop was actually a semifinalist on day one in Memphis, so he had a big weekend. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Good for Danny. And uh, they had a dragster race afterwards. Adam Russell, fresh off a couple of wins in Gulfport last weekend, getting the win in the dragster shootout over our buddy Double D, Derek Denny. So Adam collecting the dragster there. Good for him. And I think they had a golf cart race even after that that Champ won, so... Champ had a pretty good day there on Saturday. And wrapping it up today, a couple of familiar faces in big money final rounds. And this guy's won it all and at least once, probably twice, and won it all. Gary Williams, G-Dub, getting it done today in Memphis to wrap up. And wrapping up the 25K showdowns in Memphis today, uh, Sunday's winner was a guy very familiar to big money bracket race final rounds or any final round for that matter gary g-dub williams getting the big win g-dub collecting him a 25k payday over former million dollar winner nathan martin a couple of former couple. million dollar winners in the final three, three times million dollar yeah winners between those two gary. finalists <laughs> yeah gary two times and nathan once so um, that's a good outing there for those guys and uh sound like a good event up there in memphis by the the cummings and the folks yeah, I heard 160-plus cars, so that had to be good for everybody involved, I would have to say. Yeah, those guys uh, get sandwiched in a lot of big racing here to start the year, so it's difficult to have monster blowout crowds, but I think 160 is a good number for those guys, and um, sound like some really tough racing. Congrats to them as well, and I know um, that, that event just seems to continue to grow every year always tough racing at memphis that's one place where when i go i wish they'd just spray the track down with a light mist of oil or something so that everybody and their brother can't go dead on every time <laughs> yeah. so it's a, it is a cutthroat place to, to go bracket racing without question it's difficult for sure 
Uh, Jeff, why don't you tell us a little bit about Buyer Jewelers, one of our sponsors here in the podcast today. Absolutely. I definitely want to talk a second about Buyer Jewelers. You know, look, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking about racing and race cars, you know, stuff like that. The last thing that's on your mind right now is jewelry. But at some point, we all reach a point where we need something along these lines. Could be an engagement ring, you know, an anniversary gift, or just something to show your significant other that you care. If you're anything like me, you'd like to deal with someone you know, someone who has common interest. Luke and I know Stephanie Buyer Jewelers. I met Stephanie and her husband, Ed, at the B&M Series races years ago, and they continue to race today. I bought my wife's birthstone rings from Stephanie. They're beautiful. My wife loves them. They were everything Stephanie said they would be and more. And, you know, definitely, if you listen to Luke, he's told you that he does business with Stephanie as well. A lot of racers have. Always quality products, always incredible service, and she always saved us money. When that time comes, she can do the same for you. Give Stephanie a call at 937-901-8694. In addition to buyer jewelers, I want to talk uh, just a little bit about transmissions and torque converters. For those items, I depend on Bill Taylor Enterprises, that's BT, in each of our four competition vehicles. In fact, I've used BT products exclusively for nearly 20 years. Why BT? Quality, service, unparalleled technical assistance from racers on their staff. In addition to using BTE products, I'm also honored to be an authorized dealer for BTE with Luke Bogacki Motorsports. We stock complete transmissions. Um, currently, I've got two top sportsman transmissions and two top dragster transmissions in stock today. Those are the same transmissions that I run. They've got the best of everything. You're talking 10 clutch high gear uh, clutch packs, uh, ringless turbo spline Vasco input shafts, high volume race pumps, the BTE top dragster trans brake valve body, which is increased pressure from a standard even protrieve valve body, BTE's SFI case, which is fully rollerized, and 9310 straight cut 180 gear sets. We also carry BTE planetary sets, torque converters, and much more. The best part? I've run BTE converters in everything that we have for years. Odds are, I can tell you what you need for your combination. Just give me a call, 256-679-8328, or message me via the Luke Bogacki Motorsports Facebook page. Prior to uh, meeting up in the in the final round of Supercomp here, like I, I mentioned, uh, Ryan Harlem, as uh, as Peter Biondo calls him, uh, Harem and I are, are neighbors here this weekend in Las Vegas, and Ryan is also the captain of Team California in the All-State competition, so we got to talking about the All-State a little bit, and just, he kind of echoed a lot of the things that we've talked about here, and, and how it's amazing how much it brings out the, the pride and, and of the locale and areas and things like that, and obviously, if you're Team California, planning on going to memphis tennessee you're pretty serious about it so uh yeah absolutely i I thought it was really cool to talk to him a little bit about his team which is pretty darn impressive it works out well in a lot of ways obviously the all-state competition in itself is huge but basically piggybacking weekends and being the week after indy i think makes it a lot more justifiable trip for some of these west coast guys so the uh i think most of these racers well at least half of these racers will be competing at the u.s nationals as well all-state team california uh, again with um 
Captain Ryan Harem. Uh, Harem is actually the door car representative. I think that's probably what he's best known for is his super street and, and bracket race door car stuff, even though he had no problem wearing me out in a drag street today. <laughs> um, so he is the top bulb door car rep. Uh, big nasty Kyle Seipel, another finalist here at Las Vegas, always a threat in whatever he's driving, will be the top bulb dragster representative. Aaron Kennard be the super comp rep. A very accomplished racer. He actually, he advanced to the semi as a super gas today before he just ripped a drive shaft in two in his uh, he did. Corvette Roadster. Stock, uh, super stock rep is going to be Kyle Rizzoli. He was also my neighbor this weekend. Thank you, Kyle, if you're listening, for keeping it down this weekend. I know how you guys can get over there. Um, <laughs> he'll be, uh, I don't know if he'll drive the stock or super stock. He had them both here. Certainly a, a huge threat to win in either one of them. The bottom bulb representative from the state of California, and this may not be a name that rings a whole lot of bells on the East Coast, but this dude is is a bad dude. Harem was really high on him. I've read about him for a long time. I don't know that his show gets on the road a whole lot, and that's difficult to do from California, Southern California, I believe. But uh, C.W. Hofer will be the bottom bulb rep for Team California, and uh, like I say, that's that's nobody to mess with. Uh, That's a guy that can get it done. And their utility driver is a guy that I'm familiar with for his bottom bulb exploits as well. And uh, even Harem was saying, it's Tommy Dutcher. And uh, Harem was saying that Tommy had called him and said, hey, do you have anybody that's going to hit the top? Because I'm pretty good at that. He was like, well, (laughs) yeah, but we'll just put you in the utility class. That way we can have CW and Tommy Dutcher. So that'll be the uh, the utility rep for Team California's Tommy Dutcher. He said that they are up in the air at this point as to their female representatives. So to all the ladies out there in California, let's start blowing Ryan Harum up. Like I do, I want I want him to go from not knowing who the heck he's going to take to Memphis to having like the toughest decision of his life. I want like a dozen California female racers to apply. Get with uh, get with Happy Harum Harlem. High gear, <laughs> or whatever you want to call him, and uh, and let him know you want to go to Memphis for Team California. Yeah, absolutely. Wear him out. Hopefully, um, hopefully he picks you if you make enough noise or if you're good enough. But it should be interesting to see who they put in that slot. And that is going to be, you know, I know everybody out here again thinks the the West Coast can't race like we can, but I assure you that that group of racers is going to be bad news, hard to handle. And they're not coming this far to come out here and lay down, so it should be real interesting. Yeah, no, this side of the country gets a it's a little bit of a bad rap and I don't think it's a ton of respect, but particularly in like the super classes, stock super stock, basically any NHRA class it's a different style of racing out here, but it is not any easier by any means. Like, they're very good racers. Now, no. bracket racing out here, I don't want to say is weaker or anything like that, but you just keep in mind, like, they don't get to do it a whole lot. Like, the average, for those of you on the East Coast, it's it's a different world out here. Like, the typical <laughs> weekly event is not really a bracket race on the West Coast. They're typically, like, association races where you've got, you know, the Super Gas Association, the Super Comp Association, things like that. There is a handful of smattering of bracket races, and there's some big events like between Boise and uh, Salt Lake City has been doing a lot of them, and obviously what goes on here at Vegas. So it's starting to gain some traction. But as far as, like, the weekly bracket racing that we're used to on the East Coast, it just doesn't happen out here. So the guys just don't get to do it as much. No, they don't, but... Probably as a percent of total racers out here, the number is super high. Like how many people are just that darn good? 
and maybe a little higher than what you're looking at on the west coast but when you take the best from the west right. they're as good as they're as good as anybody no so doubt. these guys come out here ready to go i'm sure but the last thing that we wanted to touch on in uh, today's episode was to uh, talk a little bit more about the last big thing we've Kind of like we did the next big thing. We've drugged this out a little bit. I think we're in three weeks now, but the actual email ballot just went out middle of last week. And um, while we've discussed the nominees, and again, these aren't our nominees. These are the people that you guys, you listeners, nominated. While we said who was uh, in the final five, we didn't really talk a whole lot about them. And there's some really cool stories here. So we just wanted to take a few minutes to introduce these five nominees and let everybody know that voting will actually conclude next Sunday night. Or I guess when you're listening to that, it'll be this coming Sunday night, April 9th. So get those votes in. I don't want to disclose any information, but I'm telling you, I can look at the results right now. It's really close. This could go, and not just close between two racers. This could go a variety of ways. So um, if you haven't yeah. voted already, get those votes in. Let your voice be heard. Yeah, thank you guys for your passion. Uh, the last big thing, gotten a, a lot of attention, and we're, we're super excited to see these five guys getting uh, battling out here to see who gets chosen for the last big thing starting out uh, no, in no particular order uh, don bulwer alphabetical order Keep alphabetical so it is particular yes uh, <laughs> uh, don bulwer 75 years young out of irving texas first guy on our list here and Don grew up on a ranch in northeast texas and you know says he's a speed addict and he has been um, doing it since back in the 60s and always in Mopars, but I think known now for getting it done in the dragster. Took a decade hiatus, but got back to the wheel with a 67 Coronet and no electronics at Cedar Creek Dragway in Kemp, Texas in the late 80s and been doing it ever since. Um, I've, uh, I've known Don for a long time. Cedar Creek is actually, like Texas Raceway, Kennedy was always my home track, like I've talked about before, but... Kennedale had rules when I was a kid. My first yeah. passes and my first competition in a real race car, or, you know, a, a big car beyond a junior dragster was at Cedar Creek Dragway because they didn't really care that I was 14 years old. <laughs> um, and in fact, well, for the first several times that I went, I don't think they knew that I was 14 years old, although I have seen pictures of myself from those days and I looked every bit of 11. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty surprised that I got away with that at all. But the, the funniest thing ever, the, the first three or four times, and I'm sorry, I had to take, I know we're talking about Don Bulwer. We'll, we'll get back to Don Bulwer, but this is the story. I was in the final of one class or the other, like the first three or four trips that we went. And granted, that sounds like I was really doing something because I was 14, but there was like less than 20 cars in each class. And when I say the final, like I would run Super Pro and Foot Brake. And the first day that I raced, I lost like second round of both and I was loading up to go home, but they announced a consolation race that like five people got in, might've paid a hundred dollars, but I won that. <laughs> um, so I was in a final of something like the first three or four times that we went. And, um, so we go back there. My, my deal with my dad at the time was we'd raced like three weekends a month at Kennedale where he would race obviously. And then one weekend a month he would take me to Cedar Creek so I could race. And, uh, I had saved up my money and bought this little, um, Nova that, I can't really call it much on the air, I guess. It wasn't a very nice car. It was something that you would save up to buy when you're 14 years old. But anyway, after a, a, a few good weekends there, I, we pull in for week four or five, and uh, I'm in the staging lanes, and one of the guys that I had beat 
in the in one of the previous finals, or maybe I'd beaten him a couple of times the, the few times that we had been there. And I think he had been a track champion at some point. He comes walking up with Biggin. Biggin was the man that ran the staging lanes, uh, and Biggin mm. was it was not a clever nickname. He was he was the track owner's brother. He was a big man, and Biggin always wore overalls with nothing underneath of them. You know, no no shirt. So Biggin <laughs> chest hair. You know, I mean, you can picture it, right? Oh yeah, I got uh, it. But Biggin was always good to me and my dad. Well, uh, this this racer and, and Biggin come walking over. Biggin takes the lead, and he's he's talking to me, tugging on the overalls, and says, Luke. A man here don't think you old enough to drive this race car. Won't you show him your driver's license? And me, being as, as quick a foot as I could be at, at 14 years old, said, uh, I don't I don't have it with me. Got it in the truck? Ah, man, I think I left it at home. <laughs> huh. And at that point, Biggin looks at this racer that has brought this to his attention and looks at me and says, Well, I'm going to tell you just like I told him. I don't know if you're old enough to drive that thing, but you do a hell of a lot better job of it than he does. <laughs> and walked off and let me race. <laughs> Thank you, I thought Biggin. it was the coolest thing ever. So, a shout out to Cedar Creek Dragway and shout out to Don Bulwer. Sorry, I'll let you continue with uh, with Don's breakdown here. Don Bulwer wouldn't have been one of the guys you were beating. This guy would have destroyed no, you no, Don then Bulwer and now. Destroyed so you know. me repeatedly uh, as I was growing <laughs> up. He was one that uh, welcomed me to Kennedale when I actually got a driver's license. So. <laughs> Don Don been doing it a long time uh, in 2007. Got him a modest dragster like everybody else in the country, and he uh, has done quite well. Just some quick accomplishments. He has was a quick champion and driver of the year at North Star in 2011, track champion at Dallas in 2013, I was runner-up in the IHRA Summit Super Series bracket finals at Dallas in 2013. Now, keep in mind, this is four, five, six years ago, and he's 75 right now, so he wasn't a puppy when he was doing this, okay? <laughs> Runner-up at the IHRA World Finals in 13, Super Pro and overall track champ at Texas Raceway in 14, NHRA Division Four Super Pro Bracket Finals champ in 2014, uh, 2015 IHRA Summit Series track champion at Wichita Raceway, and that is in Texas, for those of you thinking Kansas. And 2015, he was runner-up in top ET at the IHRA Division Four Finals in Amarillo. So a lot of accomplishments recent for this 75-year-old in uh, yeah, Don. I, I think that's the most impressive thing as to what you just went over. Like, basically every accomplishment that you just read off happened when Don was 70-plus. Like, that's, yeah. that's pretty pretty rare. Pretty strong. So Don going to be um, in the voting, and we'll let you talk a little bit about the next candidate. Next one up is Fast Buck. Tim Buckley, Toledo, Ohio area racer, Norwalk racer for the most part, travels around to some of the big dollar races and, and has actually made a couple of trips farther west than I am right now in the last few years. Uh, Tim is 62 years old, and I guess he is what we would refer to as a, as a lifer in bracket racing back Tim's son, Wes, actually shared these stories with us. Uh, said back in the late 70s, Tim purchased a rear end for his Camaro and, and convinced his mother 
that the reasoning for buying this rear end, which had slicks, was to, quote, improve fuel mileage. So, the uh, as we said, the rear end came with a pair of slicks, so he had to go to the racetrack and try them out, and uh, obviously the rest is history. Tim began to compete in Super Pro back when it was a big deal just to go that fast, and he's always done it with uh, small blocks. In the mid-90s, he upgraded to a dragster, uh, which I think most people that have made that trip would attest it. it uh, improved his win percentage a little bit. It also forced competitors to realize that he was, in fact, running a small block since it was out in view. Um, few people realized that in the door car, and like I said before, it outran most of the big blocks of his day. Tim is actually today still racing that same dragster that he purchased in 1996. It's obviously undergone massive changes, according to uh, Wesp, and front half, back half, middle half, and it's actually uh, gone to a big block now, which, uh, if I remember right, it's uh, it's a 555, um, so that's almost small by today's standards, but uh, he's got it running 460s, 730s, and just like years ago, his competition still wonders how the heck that little motor goes that fast. So always been uh, on the leading end of the mechanical side of things as well as winning races. Some of Tim's accomplishments, 2007 Super Pro Track Champion, that same year he won the IHRA Division 5 Race of Champions. In 2014, won the Division Three ET Finals, which obviously, as we know, punched his ticket to Pomona, so he was able to compete in the National Championship runoff, which for most people is a once-in-a-lifetime achievement and opportunity. For Tim, he just does it every other year. Um, he went back last year <laughs> as the 2016 NHRA Division Three uh, ET Finals winner, and in between those two... Division three championships and, and trips to Pomona in 2015, he captured another Super Pro track championship um, at Norwalk, at Summit Motorsports Park. So that's a little bit about Tim Buckley, again, age 62, from the Toledo, Ohio area. Yeah, a strong competitor there. And another uh, Ohio racer from Dayton, Ohio, is 60-year-old Greg Burbo, which 60 was the cutoff, and... Greg just got in, but um, he is um, well deserved. One of the young guns in the uh, in the last thing competition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know he's uh, been racing forty five years, done a lot within the sport bracket racing. Um, best known for twenty plus years of driving. Uh, typically, Greg's known to have the fastest door car on the property, often the fastest car. Period. He's dialed in the in the fours with dragsters when they didn't often dial in fours. You know he collected seven second quarter mile time slips and door cars uh, eventually got in the sixes um, and they say he doesn't greg doesn't just go fast he wins obviously being chosen for this he's a he's a winner long time hitter in the southern ohio quick scene uh, greg along with his father-in-law both their wives have successfully run championship caliber race engine shop for 25 years and in their time together They've built over two dozen engines in the 200-mile-per-hour club and too many track championship power plants to count. Some quick accomplishments of Greg's. He was quick eight champion 10 times in the last 20 years at multiple tracks. So that's uh, very impressive, especially for one of our experienced racers. And countless quick eight, fast index wins, and number one qualifiers, and He's the first Dayton-based bracket racer to go 200-plus mile per hour, and that is that is not easy. That 200 mile is hard to get to. He got it done, and uh, he's piloted each of his three top sportsman cars to 200-plus mile per hour rides. So 
This guy is uh, highly accomplished and fast. Greg Burba, 60 years old, Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, and that, that Dayton crowd, like I feel like we've got a, a, a good listening audience in Dayton. And uh, Dayton's known for like its passion, like their basketball team. They say that the crowd is very sneaky, you know, like that's a really good fan base. I kind of feel the same way. Like I feel like that uh, area propelled Caleb Ellison, you know, got behind him and, and got him into the next big thing. Be interested to see if, uh, if something similar happens with Greg, although I could see uh, that geographic area uh, vote being kind of split between Greg and Mike McKinney. Our next nominee, and Jed, I'll let you take this one. Uh, not that I don't want to talk about Randy French, sure. um, but I know he's from your neck of the woods. I think this is a really cool story, and you can probably do it a little bit more justice than, than can I. Yeah, Paul Paul uh, French, Randy French, 68 years old from Bayleton, Alabama, a guy that's been around racing and been involved in it for 54 years. But interestingly enough, and I didn't even know this, so this is really cool for me to, to learn this, he has made just one pass down the drag strip in his 54 years. And the occasion was when his son-in-law, Chris Weaver, advanced both cars to the final round. Randy is well-known at Southeastern Track simply as Papa um always with his grandson Danny Weaver and his son-in-law Chris Weaver but uh, he is um, he, he goes with those guys all the time very supportive of them he's been the engineer of all of his cars since beginning to bracket race in 1989 I used to watch those guys come to Green Valley Dragway up around the Gadsden area uh, back at that time and they were good then they're still good and he's helped engineer cars in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And uh, Randy's done a lot in the sport uh, where a lot of these other people are drivers and been doing it a long time. This guy's been just as instrumental to the sport outside of the driver's seat. In his own words, uh, he started as a pit monkey <laughs> for his sister and her husband at age 14 with gassers and early age pro stock, which led to match racing dragsters. Uh, Dragster uh, held IHRA records in the late 70s and 80s, and in 1989, decided to buy a race car bass boat. Luckily for us, he bought a Vega and began bracket racing. <laughs> That's got to be more fun than a bass boat. Tommy I, I, <laughs> to Phillips be. might argue with us. I've, I've never been big on fishing. Racing's got to be more fun. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, this led to a two-car operation, which has grown to a five-car bracket operation today. And I know uh, Danny Weaver told me that uh, Papa, you know, obviously being retired, pretty much takes care of that five-car uh, group. Uh, all the maintenance keeps those cars in tip-top shape, ready to go. And, uh, accomplishments as a, as a car owner, multiple event wins and championships, probably too many to count. Uh, he's uh, near and dear to my heart. He's been in, in a, the announcer at Bayleton Good Times Drag Strip for 20-plus years, uh, where a lot of great racers have um, started, including some NHRA and IHRA champions. He's announced IHRA divisionals, announced a lot of George Howard races during his career. And the biggest accomplishment, they say, is keeping the racing family sport with his son-in-law and his two grandsons. Um, Papa's a, a wonderful individual, very instrumental, again, in racing outside of the seat and a guy that's certainly near and dear to my heart and a lot of hearts around these parts of the country. 
Yeah, no doubt. I just when you list your biggest accomplishment as keeping racing as a family sport with his son-in-law and two grandsons, like that kind of overrides everything. Obviously, the priority yeah. in the right place. It's uh, it's pretty neat. And like you say, the little bit that I've been around Randy, very very cool guy. Yeah, no doubt. All right, and our fifth and final nominee. Mike McKinney, who again, kind of like uh, Greg Verba, just made the cutoff at age 60. Mike is from Centerville, Indiana. And if you followed NHRA stock and super stock, say through the 1980s, maybe the late 70s, uh, I think Mike McKinney was a, a household name in those circles. If I'm not mistaken, this wasn't in the bio, but I believe that he drove for Harold Stout for a, a pretty good period of time. Really? And I know Mike, like I, that was not necessarily before my time, but I think it was really before I really started following things. I know Mike is a incredible no box racer. Like yes. every time that I make my way to the no box nationals or that area, you know, that Indiana, Ohio area, he has repeatedly sent me home with my tail between my legs. Um, <laughs> so um, he's hard to handle. He earned over a dozen national event titles between the NHRA and IHRA. He placed in the NHRA top 10 on six different occasions. I believe it was three in stock, three in super stock, with a best finish of second in super stock back in 1987. A four-time NHRA Division Three champion. I believe, again, that was twice in stock, twice in super stock. And the highlight of his career, I would assume, the highlight of just about any racer's career, uh, he did claim the top prize at the 1977 U.S. Nationals. He was just wow. 20 years of age. Like I said before, in more recent years, he is absolutely a huge threat in no-box competition in that part of the country. He's advanced to the final round of the Ohio Crankshaft no-box Nationals on three occasions, uh, netting one event victory. And again, for that area, I think it's safe to say that the no-box Nationals is the biggest no box event of the season uh, maybe the yeah. biggest race that mike runs so obviously repeated success there so again multi-time nhra and ihra national event winner including that u.s nationals triumph back in 77 four-time division three champion was also the first super stock driver to record an eight second pass back in 1989 i thought that was a neat tidbit that uh, mm-hmm. mike, mike did that in baton rouge and went to and didn't like go eight ninety nine eight. Like he kind of blew it out of the water. He went 886 at 156 in uh, <laughs> 1989. That's, that's, that's getting it back pretty good. Yes. Um, again, three-time no-box nationals finalist. Was the Division Three Pro ET runner-up in 2015 to go along with multiple track championships, multiple big dollar and no-box race wins. So, again, that is our five nominees for the last big thing. Don Bulware out of Irving, Texas. Tim Buckley out of Toledo, Ohio, Greg Berba out of Dayton, Ohio, Randy French out of Bayleton, Alabama, and uh, Mike McKinney, I believe, again, Centerville, Ohio. So it was neat to, uh, to go through that. I think maybe all of those, or certainly the majority of those, were actually contributed by family members, uh, yeah. sons, friends, and it was it just sounded like a, a real treat for them like a trip down memory lane just to put all that together so i thought that was maybe the neatest thing about about the whole thing absolutely was and um enjoyed it a lot and looking forward to seeing who comes out on top again as luke mentioned the uh, voting will end sunday april the 9th so if you've got the ballot get uh, your favorite choice there and get their name turned in and we'll see who comes out on top uh, and I, I think I, I got a little out of whack there. I said that was the last thing we were going to talk about today. I did tease earlier. Uh, we've got to preview the, the Powerball. This is, to date, um, by far, the biggest event 
of 2017. It was back a couple of months ago. We kind of rolled out the Powerball, went over the flyer, talked about how excited we were about it. I talked a little bit last week about how initially I had uh, wanted to be really ambitious and make both the Powerball and the Spring Fling Million, although they are on opposite sides of, this, of the country. I'm not sure you can get from Darlington, South Carolina to Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, <laughs> and I just wasn't quite up for trying. But uh, it, by all accounts, Powerball is going to be a huge event, highly successful. I know a lot of our listeners will be making their way to Darlington this week. I don't know. I want to do something different here, Jed. Not necessarily like our, our NHRA draft. There's, what, 400 plus or nearly 400 entries in the Powerball. And um, yeah. I just want to know um, who you got. Who are you picking to, uh, to take the $250,000 main event purse on uh, Saturday? Let's take like uh, five picks each, and I'll even let you shoot from the hip and take all five at once hopefully you don't take anybody that i've got in mind and and keep in mind when we do this like your guess is as good as mine there's 400 really capable racers um yeah and i didn't necessarily even pick like my picks anyway aren't the five biggest names they're just i've got i just got a feeling like get it done like jeff verdi had a feeling a couple of times last year and he that that worked out pretty well so <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, are you no thinking doubt. jed who's gonna take the cake down there well, you know, it's obviously it's impossible to say, and I really don't even know if they these guys are in. But you know, I I tend to wuss out and go with who's hot. You know, G Dub would be one of the choices. Tommy Plot would be a choice for me. I would take uh, from a guy that hits the bottom. I'm not sure where he'll fit in top bottom where in the event. But Ernie Humes is on fire. I saw that. Yeah, he had a double up at uh, Farmington last weekend, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, one top and uh, and bottom, and Skinny Kenny would definitely be a guy that I think is capable. And I will uh, I will go with a, a fella that seems to stay hot, and that's uh, Michael Pascal. That's a good pick too. I like that. Yeah. And I believe I looked through the entry list. I think that all of those guys are there. Maybe not Ernie, but after last weekend, he'd be a fool if he didn't jump in. Yeah, yeah, I bet he gets there. Okay, yeah, good pick. Like, my, you mean they're having a race that pays fifty grand or more, and you're going to take Gary Williams? I'd have never <laughs> yeah, thought no. that. You know, really uh, went out on a limb there. Right, right. That is, uh, <laughs> again, that's a, a man that seems to perform uh, at his very best. And his, we, we always say, you know, how good is your good? Uh, Gary's good might be head and shoulders above anybody else's good, but he normally brings yeah. it when the stakes are at their highest. So that's a that's a great pick. And actually, I had uh, I had my five pinpoint, and believe it or not, you didn't steal any of them, which I. Like I say, there's 400 great racers there, so um, no, no huge surprise that our five don't uh, necessarily go on top of each other. And I, I wanted to, I had some some backups, you know what I mean? Like if you took one of my five, I, I had some other guys I was feeling like I could probably list off 20 people, <laughs> give up, up, up my chances of being right. Can I do that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, the guys that I'm not going to pick that I think, you know, will probably win and I should have picked. Uh, <laughs> how about Jeffrey Dobbins? Local racer from out uh, out that way. I think uh, I know he's a second generation driver. If I'm not mistaken, he's Jeffrey Dobbins third. I may be wrong there, but I think that's a great pick. West May is on the entry list. If West May is on the entry list, that's always a good pick. Uh, yep. He can certainly get it done. And uh, Shannon Justice, a uh, uh, guy that I guess wins his fair share, but like he's one of those that seems to make better runs than his results show. Like he's pretty yep. nasty. So I think Shannon would be a good pick, but those are the ones that like I just want to get extra credit for because one of them will probably win and be like, ah, I picked him even though I didn't really pick him. 
I can, I can do whatever. It's, it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Well, yeah, you said they could win, so that's like picking them. Right. But my, my five official picks, uh, I'm sticking Team Luke. KB's entered. KB's yeah. a bad dude. KB I'm really tired of you riding KB like that. Hey, hey. Man wins everywhere he goes. I'd be a fool if I don't pick him. I, we, were, <laughs> we were joking earlier, like I don't have any in, ambition to chase Super Comp points this year. So I'm I'm up in the air a little bit about what I want to do next this coming weekend. Like I really thought about just running top dragster, but obviously with now with a runner up in Super Comp, like if I ran Super Comp again and made the final, like would I be tied into it? And I told you I'm like I wish they just had like three Division Two races this week because <laughs> then KB would go to them and he'd probably win two of them, and I'd be like, well I don't have to worry about Super Comp. He's gonna win that. So uh, yeah, no KB all the way. Uh, go ahead and get you 250 KB. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> and we're picking guys to win a, a, a bracket race, right? Like it involves four wheels. I wouldn't care if it involved two wheels because I've seen them do that too. It is a race where you got to dial your own and Scotty Richardson's entered. Give me Scotty Richardson. Cameron Manuel, another one. Always late rounds everywhere that I see him and was in the final of the big event when I was at Darlington like in November, uh, the World Series of bracket racing took runner-up honors to, oh my goodness, the... Uh, the name is failing me. Young man from uh, Massachusetts, I believe. Nick Willard beat Cameron in the final of that race. It would be no surprise to uh, to see Cameron take home the big check. So right, no. some way out on a limb there. KB Scotty, Cameron Manuel. Give me Promod to the staging lanes. I saw Travis Harvey's entered. I don't know if he's in a dragster. I don't know if he's in his Camaro. I don't care. Give me Travis Harvey. I like that pick. And uh, and I'll go way out on a limb. I believe that they're doing the footbrake deal there where they run separately. Is that accurate? They are, yes. Yeah, I saw Lee Zane has entered on the footbrake side. That's a bad dude. I way out on a limb, no delay box equipped, roll through them all. Give me Lee Zane. Yeah, Lee's a handful. Some good picks there, real good picks. And uh, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be an exciting event. Um, Kyle and Wesley, another wonderful job of promotion and putting up i mean really a life-changing uh, payday for their small races and then the major yeah, when the, little the major pay 50 grand that's yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah the major payday of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the winner guaranteed on saturday of the the powerball event it's it's going to be an awesome race looking forward to it and i wish i could be there but just wouldn't work out for me either can't do that much traveling and heading to vegas right behind it so good luck to everybody going and hope you guys have wonderful weather yeah can't wait to watch it play out so we'll definitely be talking about it next week maybe we can get the winner of the uh, of the big race on the podcast next week i don't want to i know we're gonna have the last big thing on when probably have a three hour long podcast but maybe we can get the winner of the uh, of the powerball on with us yeah, that'd be really cool. You want to make it in a song to do the Justin Lamb. Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, light a smack across the land. Then you do the L-Ride and you come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all winter This podcast has been presented in part by Racing RVs. At this point, you should know about Racing RVs and what they're about. They support sportsman drag racing at an unprecedented level, and they've helped hundreds of racers just like you. When the time comes... To consider an upgrade to your racing program, new or used, trade-in or direct purchase, truck, motorhome, or trailer, give Joe Fisher at Racing RVs a call at 419-236-1328. And guys, that wraps up episode 20. Uh, definitely a uh, good time here, had by all, and I want to say thanks to our sponsors. These are the folks that bring our podcast to you every week. 
BTE, Meyer Jewelers. I'd like to thank PJ North, our bud PJ. And that wraps up episode 20. I want to say thanks to our sponsors. You know, these are the folks that bring our podcast to you every week. BTE, Buyer Jewelers, and Racing RVs. Definitely want to also say thank you to our good buddy PJ North for providing the tunes for doing our intro. And you can find PJ's work on iTunes. Look him up. You'll love his work. And don't forget that we plan to release a new podcast every week of the calendar year. And we are right on track. So stay tuned for plenty more going forward. That's right. To get the latest episode before your friends, be sure to subscribe to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast wherever it is that you find your podcasts, wherever you found this one. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. If you like what you hear, rate and review the podcast. That helps us move up in the metrics so that more people can find us. If you don't like what you hear, let us know how we can deliver a better show. And finally, be sure to join the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast fan page on Facebook to interact and become part of the conversation this week. Big Jed, I am going to see if I can get High Gear Harem to take me to dinner. That one thousandth cost me about six grand on the racetrack, so the least mm. you can do is buy me a twenty dollars steak, right? The least he can do. Hope you guys enjoy it, and congratulations on a good start to your year out there, Luke. And good luck at the divisional, whatever you choose to do this week. Thank you, sir. Thank you, listeners, and uh, we'll talk again next week. See you guys. This is way alive. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck just to try my luck. Spending money that I don't have. Still can't get enough. Be working nine and nine to keep the stream alive. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.